Agents for Life. Welcome to podcast 203. And I'm glad you're here. I really am because we're going to talk about something that's extremely important. If you've been a life insurance agent for a long time, you're going to be doing reviews with your clients, your existing clients, but then you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm new and it's been not been a year and I'm not really doing reviews. Well, you're going to come across the opportunity to review existing coverage written by a previous agent. Okay, so either way, you have to learn how to get good at reviewing someone's coverage. That's what we're going to talk about today. That is our topic. So if you have started to come across this, or if you're an agent that's been in the field for a while and you know you need to start calling your clients for doing reviews, this, is, this podcast is for you. So listen in. I hope you get some good value out of this. The, the thing to note, though, if you've been in business for a year and you've written a client at least a year ago, you need to be calling your clients and doing reviews. Okay? You should be in touch with your clients. This is, number one, a fantastic source for leads. People who know you already trust you. They're already buyers. Okay, If you can get them on board, you can turn one policy into a home, into two policies or three policies. We want to turn customers into clients, Okay, and that's the goal. So uh, when you have your clients or your customers, rather, if you've only written one policy, we call it a customer. If you've written more than one policy, we're going to call them a client. Clients are much more valuable. There's something about having more than one product in a home that solidifies you as the expert and you as the go-to moving forward on all future business. One isn't enough to cut it. They can still go to other agents. There's not any loyalty built up yet. So with that, let's jump in. You get on the phone with somebody. They've already got a policy. You may have written it. Someone else may have written it. We need to review what they have in order to how to, in order to know how best to move forward or if there's any opportunity for any kind of additional coverage or if there's a sale to be made. So that, by the way, is the question I'm trying to answer on any appointment, not even on reviews. Is there a sale to be made? Now, wording it that way kind of is a little icky because uh, it tells me I'm in it. Or it suggests that I'm just here to make a sale, which isn't true. But I'm not sure how else to word it to make it clear to you that that's really what we're looking for. Where is the opportunity? Now, it always, always, always has to be in the best interest of the client. Do not make a sale just to make a sale. No matter how much you need a commission, always do the right thing. Okay, that's first and foremost. And when we're reviewing a policy, sometimes we're up against an opportunity to replace Okay, or suggest something that's going to put them in a better position. We don't replace just to replace. We replace if it puts the client in a better position, an obvious better position, or something that's more in alignment with their goals. Okay, And the policy they have isn't aligned with their goals. So with that, let's, uh, let's jump in. Here's how we do this. Number one, I've got four main steps or four main phases to a, a policy review. The first one is we've got to know what they already have, okay? And the only way to do that is to look at what they already have. Don't go off of what they tell you they have. Why do you think that is? Because most clients or customers, most people, don't know what they have. They think they know what they have, but they don't know what they have. So do not ever go off of what the client tells you as face value. Because nine times out of ten, and I don't know how accurate that statistic is, but it's accurate for me, 
but I'm sure if you talk to most agents, I think you'll find this to be the, the same. Almost everybody, most people think they have something, and when you pull the policy out and look at it, boom, they're like, what? No, that's not right. I, I have, and then fill in the blank. I have term. I thought it was whole. I thought it was universal. I didn't know it. it. It expired soon. They told me it was permanent, like no cash value. What? So all kinds of things. So we want to check their policy. Now, here's how you ask for it. If you say, could you go get your policy? Most people are going to say, I don't know where my policy is. Okay. It was a year ago. It was five years ago. It could be 10 years ago. Most people aren't very good at saving their documents, or they're going to say that just to kind of, because they don't want to get up and go and look around the house for it. So I don't know. It, it's I'm sure it's two hundred thousand and it's term, and uh, and bah, boom, let's let's keep moving forward. So you have a couple of options. You can move forward based on the assumption that they're right, but you're not going to truly be able to build value unless you actually look at a piece of paper. Because if I tell you things that I know based on price, based on what they're telling me that aren't right, they're telling me they have a term that's building cash value. <laughs> it's not right, right? It's a lot better coming from the piece of paper than it is coming from the agent. Okay, we want the paper to do the, do the talking. So we want to show them on their policy how, how their policy is, how it's structured and what they can expect. Okay, so here's what you ask. Where do you normally keep your important documents? Oh, I put them in here or here. I actually heard the other day that some people keep their important documents in the freezer. Did you know about this? In case there's a house fire, it's one of the safest places. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. Little life hack. Some people might get up and look in the freezer. They've got a safe, safety deposit box. They might have a, a drawer, a metal drawer in the garage, whatever. Um, but where do you normally keep your important documents? Okay, perfect. Would you mind going and grabbing the policy for me real quick so we can look at it together? It's important. And, and again, this is all about them. Okay, so you have to position this as we're here to help you. So in order for me to give you accurate an accurate review, we need to, be, we need to look and see exactly what you have. So if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and go grab that for me. Don't be afraid of making an assignment. Okay, don't be afraid of that. You want to ask them to do things. You're the expert. You're in charge. Be kind about it, but you want to ask them and give them assignments. And don't be afraid. So could I get you to go grab your policy for me real quick while I while I pull um, while I get situated here? So it's almost my way of saying, you know, I need a minute or two while I, while you're waiting for me. Use that time to go grab your policy real quick. I'm going to get stuff set up here. If you wouldn't mind, go grab your policy. And we'll jump in and take a look at everything. So once they have their policy, okay, if you're on a Zoom, you can have them hold it up to camera. You can have them send pictures, whatever. If you're face-to-face, -face, even easier because they can just slide the policy across the table. Cover page is going to show you just a general. Is it's, It'll probably say on there whole or term or universal. It'll kind of tell you a little bit about what it is. And then page three is usually where you find something called a tabular detail. Or, a, in other words, what that is, is if you've got your own policy, you can open it up and see this. And you need to know how these work. So look at your own policy. They're all structured very similar, the documents, the order of the documents. But there will be some variations. So usually around page 3, tabular detail, that's going to tell you the nuts and bolts. Okay, It's going to be columns of numbers, year, age, death benefit, and cash value if there is one. 
So you can know if there's no column that says cash value, they are not getting any cash value. Okay, they can see that on the piece of paper. It doesn't have to come from you. What it will do though, is establish you as an expert because you're going through the extra steps of showing them and, and explaining to them what they're looking at. Because it may look obvious to you, but to somebody that doesn't do this every day, it's not so obvious. So they will appreciate the help. So I like to go through and say, okay, now take a look, and this is a term policy. Take a look on the left, do you see where it says year? Okay, so it says year number one, two, three, four, five. Now keep going down, and can you see that next column over that says annual premium? And let's say they're paying $100 a month. That will say 1,200. And it'll say 1,200 all the way down to how far? They'll say year 20. And what happens in year 21? Oh my gosh, it's like $15,000. Okay, now that is the premium that you're going to be expected to pay if you want to keep the policy. What? I mean, you wouldn't believe the reactions. People don't know what happens at the end of a term. It blows up. People think they have a term policy. They think it's permanent. It is not. And then when you show them that, you're going to get a couple of reactions. Some people get irritated. Some people get annoyed. Some people get angry. And some people understand that that's just how insurance works and they're okay with it. But I want to ask them, are you okay with that? A lot of times they say, no, no, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. There's a possibility you'll pay into your policy all those years and not get anything back. And when you need it most in your older years, it's going to blow up in cost and you won't be able to afford it. Unfortunately, that's how it works for a lot of people when they don't know what they have. I am here to make sure you know what you have first and foremost. So that's an example on term. I kind of went down a little rabbit hole, but what you can do is any situation, cash value and IUL, it's going to show different columns. Okay. You just want to forecast the main question you're trying to answer here is how long is this going to go? And is this policy, um, what they think they have? Okay. So that's the first thing. Find out what they have. Okay, page three is going to tell you, or sometimes it's page four, and then sometimes you have to go flip to the back because that's where the actual application will be, a, a copy of it. You can see all the handwritten notes and stuff if it was filled out um, on paper. So that's the first stage. Second stage is find out what the policy is supposed to do. So now that we know what you have, you have a term, it goes 20 years, you have a whole life, whatever. Now that we know what you have, let's look at, let's make sure it's doing what you need it to do. So I like to ask him three questions during this part. Number one, what is the main thing this coverage is supposed to do? What do you need this coverage to do? What is the, and one reason, what is the one main reason you got this? However you want to word it, okay? Next question, who does this go to? Now, in the, if you can get to the policy and you can look in the back, you'll see the beneficiary information, but I want them to reconnect with that because that's their why. That's that's the that's going to be an emotional bond right there. It's my for my wife. She's going to get fifty thousand dollars when you die. Okay, that's there's some that's that's important. Now we're talking their language. Okay, we're talking in a way that connects with them and makes it real. So, who who does this go to when you die, and what do you want them to do with the money? Okay, now that's really kind of a repeat of the first question, just worded in a different way. And that's okay, but you'll sometimes get different answers on that one. So what is the one main thing you want this to do? Who does it go to, and what do you want them to do with the money? 
oh, it's to protect the mortgage, it's to pay off some debts, it's to cover my funeral. Oh, it's just for them to, to have because I want them to have some money to go on, to be a little inheritance or go on vacation. There's really only one of about four or five answers that you're going to get most of the time. But what we want to see here is, number one, why did they get the policy in the first place? Number two, or what do they have? Number two, why, what do they want the policy to do? And then number three is you want to be answering this question. Is what they have going to do that 100%? So from there, I don't have the specific questions because it depends on the situation. So you have a term and you want it for burial. Okay, is what you have going to do that? I had this conversation with a couple just this last week. She had a $50,000 policy. Their main purpose is to bury her when she dies. I said, well, how much do you think you need for that? Oh, 15,000. That's an average cost of burial right now. Maybe 20. I said, well, let's do 20 just to be safe so we can account for some inflation. She can get a whole life policy for about the same cost, and we replaced her term, which was expiring soon, for a permanent plan because she didn't need 50000 She had 50000 I said, 50000 that's a heck of a funeral. <laughs> you can do some pretty cool things with $50,000 on a funeral, but we don't need that. So she's, she's got the wrong product for the goal, the desired outcome. So you want to find out what they have, find out what it's supposed to do, and then answer the question, is what they have going to do that? And that's going to require just some more questions, probably. Tell me more about this. How much does that cost? Well, I want it to do this. Well, how much money do you need to, to do that? And you might have to be detective a little bit. You might have to Google search some things. How much does an average funeral cost? Great. Are you doing it at the church where they cover some of the costs or are you paying for it on your own? Are you flying people in? Are you get get into the details a little bit? Okay, because they you want to think through this with them. Now, at this point, if it does what it's supposed to and it's what they want and and there's no surprises and they don't need anything else, then congratulate them. I mean, congratulate them anyways. Never, ever, ever make somebody feel like they have a bad product, that they made a bad choice, okay? Never. I always compliment because they did something. They're already in the minority of people that didn't do anything. They did something, okay? So we want to always congratulate them. The only thing is they might be able to put themselves in a better position. So instead of saying, oh, wow, you got a crappy product, let's fix that. Uh, not that any of you would do that. That's pretty extreme, but that is how it can be interpreted, in the mind of the client if you're not careful. So always be complimentary. Oh, that's awesome. You got coverage. So you're, you know, you want to take care of your family. Great. Let's just make sure that you have the best of what's available. So here's the opportunities that we're looking for. This is phase four. Okay. Number one, is there an opportunity for additional coverage? Okay. That's what we're looking for as we're answering the questions and having the dialogue in phase three is what they're what they have going to do that. Maybe they got a mortgage, another mortgage, a bigger mortgage, and they need more coverage. Maybe their little $300,000 level term life insurance product isn't cutting it anymore. They need another 200 because they upgraded. They got a nicer home and he wants that to pay off the mortgage. That's just an example. If his goal was to pay off the mortgage, it doesn't do that today. It did years ago at their old home. doesn't do it today. We need another policy to fill that gap. That's an example. So do they need additional coverage? 
next opportunity you want to ask about. When will this expire? Okay, that's usually a term versus a permanent uh, conversation. When will this expire? Um, does it have living benefits? Because if something, well, let me back up. If something's expiring soon, or they need it to go longer than they think they that they, than they thought they had, that's revealed in that conversation, then they need either a permanent plan or to put an additional term in there that goes longer, that'll outlive their current term. I like the layering strategy. I like having a term that goes 15 years, put another one in here that goes another 10 beyond that. So we're overlapping and layering in policies so that when this one ends, you're not left uncovered. You've still got this one. And while they're both in force, you have a bigger amount. When this one drops off, you have a lesser amount because your mortgage is paid down or because you know your retirement benefits are starting to kick in or whatever. So um, the next one is living benefits. You want to see if they have that. You're looking for in the writer's section of the policy. You're looking, and that's the, that's the section right after the, the page that talks about the tabular detail. There's a whole section of all the writers and the legal documents and the explanation of terms and the regulations and blah, blah, blah. So writers are going to be in there, and it's going to be chronic, critical, terminal illness writer. Make sure it's not just terminal only. Most of them, most term policies, include a terminal illness writer but don't have chronic and critical. Those are the big ones. If it's in there, you'll see it okay? because it's a big deal. Carriers want to let people know that they've got that coverage because it's an important part of their policy. If they don't have living benefits, somebody might want a separate policy just for the living benefits. So you could have that discussion. Is it accidental? We're looking for that. If it's an accidental only, they think they have full coverage. I come across those so many times. Oh, my credit union offered me something, and, uh, and so I'm good. Well, let's take a look at it. When they see it only covers unintentional injury, which is the technical jargon, Accidental death benefit, sometimes it'll say that right at the top on page one. They didn't even look at it. It's right there in big, bold letters, but they didn't look at it until you pull it out with them, and they look down, and they go, okay, it says accidental, and then you ask, do you know what that means? Well, <laughs> and then we get to explain it to them. Yes, this only pays out certain forms of accidents, and I say certain forms because it doesn't even cover everything. Okay. Like there are carriers that have provisions. Like if you're up there on a roof trying to fix your roof and you fall off, is that unintentional injury? Well, with some carriers, they're going to say no because you should have hired a roofing contractor. You shouldn't be up there in the first place. So it's your fault for taking the risk, going up there and falling off. <laughs> yeah. So you can, some, you, you just really want to be careful on those accidentals. They're cheap, 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 and you get what you pay for. So people don't realize that um, when they have accidental that it's not full coverage they want to know I've got one guy right now who's really upset I didn't write the policy but he has an accidental because he told me his he goes I'm getting 300,000 and I'm paying I think it was like 18 bucks a month I said sir I can almost guarantee you that's an accidental policy so I just wanted to make sure that you, if you go back and just double check that um, I, he wasn't in a position to pull the policy out because he was on the go at the time. But then on our second appointment, he's like, yeah, I looked into it. It is accidental. He goes, my agent never told me that. And he was all, he goes, I'm kind of hot, heated or something. I can't remember the word he used, but he was not happy about that. He goes, I've been paying in all this time and it's not even full coverage. What if something happened to him? He thought he was covered and he wasn't. Okay, enough of that. Um, conversion. Is there an opportunity to convert the policy? 
if you wrote it and you convert it, a lot of times the carriers will pay you another commission. Conversion is to UL, IUL sometimes, and whole life. And if you want more details on conversions, just talk to me. I can help you out or um, chat with a, a member of the sales team at the insurance carrier and ask them about the process. It's usually just a document. They sign it. They go through the process. It's guaranteed insurability. That's the cool thing. No underwriting, no declines. As long as they sign the papers, it's like, it's like getting a guaranteed issue policy, but with full commission. So conversions are awesome. There's always a good opportunity to look for those. And then um, I like to ask a few extra questions, okay, I, it, it, besides the coverage itself. So that's most of what you'll want to look for when you're, when you're um, addressing a policy. But besides that one, how about these questions? So was everybody in the house able to get the coverage they need? Or is everybody in the house covered? We're asking about spouse, children, and if it's a grandpa, have you got anything on your grandkids? Or have you considered setting up your grandkids to be financially set with, with protecting them at a younger age for a really inexpensive policy? Gets them started on the path. It's not going to make them millionaires, but it gets them started, right? So you can talk about the value of protecting. It's a great gift every time, you know, when, when somebody has a policy on their grandparents or the grandparents are paying for grandparents pass away that policy stays with them every time they see that policy or if they borrow from it down the road guess who they're thinking of their grandparents help set that up so that's a legacy play okay a lot of grandparents love the idea of of doing something for their grandkids that's going to mean something long term and it's going to be uh, long lasting and be something that their grandkids can remember their grandparents by um, so those are good questions to everybody get get coverage if not why okay spouse children grandkids anybody else in the home so I'm asking for that and then the next question now I also do some other I kind of set the stage I also do asset protection okay asset protection that's the category I also protect assets so let me ask you a couple of questions do you, have you changed jobs in the last five years have you, um, do you what are you doing for retirement are you contributing to a 401k? Do you have any money that's exposed in the market? How much risk? Are you happy with the risk you're taking or the, ga or the, uh, the gains that you're getting? So those are ways to start conversations about other opportunities. Where am I going? Obviously, it's the debt-free for life, infinite banking, IULs. Okay, this is all the retirement solutions part of our business that we do. And you can, if you're not comfortable handling those, just find out a few things and say, you know what? I'm not the specialist here, but I work with people who are. Let me get you on their calendar. We'll see if we can help out. So put them on somebody's calendar. You can put them on mine if it's a category I'm an expert in, or there's other people on that landing page at Agent Builder where you can go in and you can schedule them on their calendar, your client on their calendar, and they'll split the commission with you. So um, ask those questions, and if you're not sure exactly what those are, they're also on that landing page, the questions you want to be asking. And then the last one, and I always throw this out. Um, by the way, just so you know, uh, our agency is hiring. And we're actually don't use hiring because it's actually not um, cohesive with FTC guidelines. We can't really say hiring. But if you're ever looking for a way to make some extra money and extra income on the side, we're looking for new agents to train and do just what I did. You can ask this question at the end of your appointments. But you can certainly ask it on a review. So hiring an agent, um, that's always a good opportunity to, to ask somebody. So that's really it. It should take, you know, I would say 10 minutes. I've had reviews that lasted 
an hour or two because there's so many documents. They've got five policies and there's all these moving parts. And then there's others that are quick and easy. But if you go through thoroughly with the client, they will appreciate that you're slowing down and taking the time. Some people will seem like they're in a hurry at first. But at the end of the day, this is a very important document. I like to tell people this is one of the most important documents that you own. Let's make sure there are no surprises in this thing for you. Let's make sure you know exactly what you have. Even if we have to slow down and it takes us 15 or 20 minutes, it's, it's worth the 15 or 20 minutes so that you know what you have because the last thing that I want is for there to be a surprise when, this, when it comes time for this to pay out. Would you agree? It's a very powerful conversation piece because you're helping them understand the value of the review. So if you'll get good at reviews, this, the world is your oyster here because everybody either has coverage or they don't have coverage. The ones that have coverage, this is the conversation we go to. Even if someone has coverage, if you're dialing and they say, oh, I've got a policy. Well, that's great, but when was the last time you reviewed your coverage with an agent? Okay, I still try and get them on my calendar. Why? Because most people have something different than what they thought they had or they're paying over, they're paying too much or it's about to expire and they didn't know or they have accidental and they thought they had full coverage and on and on and on there's so many things that can go wrong so somebody has coverage you can review it for them if they don't have coverage that's why we set an appointment to try and get them covered so uh, if you can if you can own both spaces it makes you that much stronger and that much better that much more valuable as an agent for your client because no matter who you talk to there's an opportunity, okay? And the opportunity here is created because most agents don't do reviews. Most agents, because it takes extra time, and it's, it, you know, you're, you're not always writing policies. Sometimes they have what they need. So you're spending time with someone and not making a sale. So most agents write policies, and then they move on. And, they nev and the client never hears from them again. It's disheartening that that happens in our industry. But there are agents that just don't keep in touch with their clients, and that's our opportunity. Because we can come behind them and say, when was the last time you heard from your agent? When was the last time you got on a call and sat down and reviewed your coverage with your agent to make sure it still fits your needs? Oh, you know, I wrote the policy, and I never heard from them again. That's what I hear nine times out of ten when I do reviews on clients that I didn't write. So... Don't be one of those agents that's not keeping in touch of your with your clients. Reviews are important, and you'll be surprised at how many opportunities come up if you get good at doing a review.